Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. We are back finally with our episode seven and eight coverage of the wilds. You guys, we fucked this one up pretty bad. We recorded a beast of an episode, two plus hours for seven and eight. We brought it home. We were saying all of our theories and then we figured out that the audio got lost. So we have about a two and a half hour video of us just speaking and there's no audio. So if anyone is interested in that and reading lips, it's all yours. Um, but we're about to almost two months later. I looked at my notes and it said May 16th is the day I took the notes and it's now July 12th. So we put some time and space in between this. I've now watched these episodes 87 times each because of the, all the space and time. I think my opinions have changed a little bit, some for the good, some for the bad. So one other thing, no Paul this evening. Unfortunately, he uh, his Internet is out and we just truly couldn't wait to record this episode for one more day. Um, but everyone, how are we feeling? Great. I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> I'm hoping we don't make another silent film. But otherwise, <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> How am I feeling? Well, <laughs> first off, two months after the fact, it's good to be talking the wilds again. Uh, we just rewatched the last two episodes, seven and eight. They still hold up for sure. I do have to apologize to the listeners and the very niche fandom of people who found this podcast stumbled upon it, I'm sure. And we're just like, wow, my little niche show has its own little niche podcast. And thank you very much for leaving your comments. You successfully guilted us into doing this because I think we would have just kicked it down the curb and procrastinated it for another three months. We never intended not to do it, but knowing us as human beings, I think that's what would have happened if we did not have an actual audience saying we want this. So thank you for saying that. And I hope we can deliver on expectations. I agree. You have anything to add? No, I'm just, I was shocked <laughs> that you kept sending like that people were asking. So that's fun. I'm excited about that. I'm excited to we deliver. Fans. Yeah. What a feeling. What a rush. I get it now. Why you guys do this every week, <laughs> multiple times a week. Well, ice the booze and get horny, bitches, because we're back. All right. So we are going to do it a little bit differently this time. We're still going to talk about both episodes. We'll deep dive eight, seven. We're going to do more of a top level recap. I think that we should dive right into eight. Seven had some good moments and some moments that are like so cringy. So I think they're definitely worth talking through. Um, so we'll get right down to it. The The split is we kind of get Henry and Seth's backstory, the boys story, and then the girls story. So we'll start just like we did last time with uh, Seth and Henry's background. Good to go. Great to go. Okay, here we go. So uh, we open the app and we're learning that Seth has this like young, wild and free mom who's super flaky and eventually leaves all together. Uh, we see the knuckle bleeding start right away. The her, his dad ends up marrying Henry's mom. So that's where we how this family kind of gets mushed together. Flash forward about a year or so before the island. And this is the scene where we get Julia's showing up. And as I recall from the last time, we didn't have we didn't have great things to say about Julia. <laughs> um, I think that we were on the fence about this Julia girl. How, how do we feel? I mean, honestly, it seems like she's a bad influence herself on Seth, who is very impressionable. Uh, 
I agree with what Brian said, but I also want to point out that they are teenagers and I might have been similar to Julia when I was her age. I was worse, but I'm still going to talk shit. <laughs> there you go. Um, so I think that there's also that aspect of them just being incredibly young and us being old. <laughs> well, I was also going to say, yeah, I don't think we were fans, but I don't think anything excuses Seth's behavior. I think we also covered off on how we felt like, okay, we got the backstory, but it doesn't feel like it, it measures out to be like, oh, so that led to this, this freako who's like a bit maniacal and like unhinged. Like, I don't know. I think we all were like, huh wasn't the best sell to get us on like a to feel empathetic as empathetic as we probably should i guess i could say yeah i think that that was kind of a huge thing for the season right we're like what led to seth being this insane and especially not to jump all the way to the very fucking end of this podcast but the last scene when you see seth being like flipping out the cds or whatever and being maniacal it's like that even feels different than when he blacks out and is like kind of going insane that feels different so it's like is this guy really nuts because it feels almost like like true blood when they when their eyes black out and it's like they're blacking out that's how Seth feels when he's going on these when he did the thing to Josh and when he put Henry's like head under the water and stuff like that the end seems like almost out of character for him but I agree with you where that was something I was really looking forward to and it ended up falling flat not like in a way where I like I totally like obviously you feel awful for Julia and all that stuff. But he's just like many, many people have flaky parents and don't end up the way Seth did. So I don't know. Flaky parents is one thing, but a parent who is a child, that's that's a little bit more of a unique dynamic. I could totally see why it would fuck someone up. Completely inexcusable what he does to Julia. Also, just to point out, Seth's big thing is power. I mean, we saw that in the essay episode. It's like it's a power move, you know, as terrible as it is. And I feel like in the not just to jump forward, but piggybacking off of what you're saying, I think like that last scene, it's he's in power and it's like he has this like smug grin and you're just like, oh, you're disgusting. I hate you. But like he's in power. He's the one who knows what's going on. And like. Are you I guys know. already talking about the last scene I know. episode yes. eight? No, blame sorry. I thought you were talking about it earlier. I'm like, did I miss something that we got yeah. there already? No, sorry. I just like no, my brain. I mean, look, it's funny because to go along with the Seth and Julia flashback, like they eventually wind up banging because she kind of throws him a bone for being the nice guy. And it's tough to watch him even hesitate to like fall headfirst into it. I feel like because he probably knows his himself. But she was just like, hey, do you want this? What kid's going to say no to that? It's tough. And then where he goes obsessive and off the rails and Instagram stalky and knuckle grindy is horrible. Um, And then there's this other awful, not awful, but how he's such a kiss ass to Henry's biological mom, just being like the goody two shoes steps on that all just like forms into his personality of needing to be loved. And it's just a bad recipe. Agreed. And he steals her cat. I it's the num it's the number one thing, right? Mm. And I think that's pretty much wraps up the backstory until we get a little bit more of of the Julia and Seth stuff, the actual 
assault of Julia later in the episode. Mm So we're back on Boy Island and we open with Seth, who honestly, by this again, the hundredth watch of this season three, like random episodes. Seth is just such a I can't even watch him. It really cringes me by this point. And it sucks because that actor really is good. And he's just playing this character that is so insufferable. But we kick it off by Seth offering Bo, Henry and Scotty this fish which then leads to just like the downfall of the entire camp. They bring back this fish. And of course, this is this terrible scene of Josh freaking out on Bo, which is egged on by Kieran and Kieran's just like enabling this thing. And then it just really ignites in Josh. Try- and it's like everything that's ever been done to him. He feels the pa- now this power for Josh wanting to throw it on somebody else. And it's it sucks. I fucking hate it. I hate that scene. Yeah, they did. I was re-listening to our other episodes and just they play with a lot of gray areas, right? Of like sad backstory, but uh, can you feel full empathy for Seth or like, you know what I mean? Everything with Ivan and you see all the sides and with Josh, I'm like, God, he's the victim, but I want to punch him square in the face. Like he's like being a true asshole. Like he now has like fully just, turned into the bully or like you know what i mean the attacker and it's it's again a cringe thing i feel like to watch from my perspective absolutely i also think that it's like a depth thing like the 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 producers and the creators and the directors of the show did a really good job giving these characters depth because that's kind of what it's like in the real world right like you can feel really bad for the life that someone had but also be like your current actions aren't justified good Go guy, ahead. bad guy. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. like, it's not black and white, you know, and they did a really good job with that throughout the season with different story uh, storylines. Okay. I think. I really appreciate how they really only gave us for the boys, the information that we needed to know in order for the story to progress. I think that that's really awesome going into season three. Like, yeah, I think I was really glad when I rewatched these two episodes to it really pumped up my excitement for season three. Whereas before I was think I was thinking, well, now season three is just on the island again. And now what? But we'll get into that later. But I'm really I'm really excited for season three now, too. I think I'm I'm more on the Emma and Brian side of it, whereas me and Alex were on the like kind of um, a little bit of the negative side before. But um, I'm I'm crossing over. Hey, I have always been team. The plane crash trope has been done before. What sets this series aside is kind of the gender wars trope that they're going for here. To add that twist into the plane or plane crash trope, it yeah, that's what is drawing me to this show. And I think season three has the potential to be the most interesting storyline, seeing these two isolated boy-girl groups finally interact. Call me an optimist. <laughs> He's an optimist. Oh, okay. said this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Sweet Bo won't let him fight it. And they eventually end up going to find Ivan, Seth and Raph. So that's Scotty and Bo. Henry goes not with them, but also leaves because he's like, absolutely fuck this. I can't. Um, eventually, this leads to Seth saying, damn, we got the we got the numbers here. Let's go. He recruits Henry along the way by kind of doing this like brother thing and sweet talking him a little bit. And 
Sev all get, like has this little speech saying, I am not the enemy, at least not the main one. Right. Like survival. We need to survive. Speech is Death so is good. Speech was money. And then not five minutes later is the most cringiest thing I've ever seen. Like him just being like, yo, Jay money. Come on, come on, come on. Let's play a deal. Let's be First off, it's like, Jay bird, dude. Get it right. Come no, on. he he says 87 nicknames. I'm pretty sure it's, Jay money is. No, I'm 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 talking to Seth. I'm saying, <laughs> Seth, it's Jay bird, not Jay money. Come on now. Like he's. Tr- <sighs> it's it's that scene was so cringy. Yeah, I like. It was it says a lot that it was still tough to watch for the fifth time two yeah. months later. I knew it was coming. I'm like, stop it, Seth. Come on, do better. Right. You're like, Not God, cool. it's like a train wreck. You're just like, oh, my God, dude. And it's, I, again, it, it's it's begs the question. Is it like this broken side to him or is it like this more maniacal side to him? Like, I don't know. Is he like rubbing it in Josh's face? Like, I got away with this. Like, po- again, power. Is it for love or power? We don't know what this man, but he's just needy as hell. And it's like toxic as hell, I think. To be honest, I really don't think that he's conscious of the power trip. I think he just thinks he wants everyone to like him. So Emma made a good point in our episode six. I think it's five or six coverage where it's right after the sexual assault happens and it's the next episode and the water thing happens. And they're like, there's one less water. And like, Josh is like my white privilege. And then they let him have it. And then says like, well, that was the last one, (laughs) whatever, whatever it is. And Emma's like, I fucking hated that scene that Seth, even in a, in a situation where he knows he did something bad the night before is still pulling bullshit like that. So in this scene, currently with the like Jay bird, Jay money shit. It's almost like he's not, he really just wants him to be in the middle and everything be normal, but he's like overcompensating over there. It's like, what are you trying to do, man? You're just pushing him over a ledge at this point for both the water scene and this one, but in different weird ways. I don't know. You're right. They are very layered characters, but Seth is, is really hard. I wish they gave us more to empathize. Like Alex said, I also think there's some mania there. When we look at him, like, I think he's he's like a, a little bit manic depressive, manic depressive, which was impressive. <laughs> Very impressive. I had to test yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Wait, it's a song a lyric. Song? Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> what, what song is that? Jane Fonda by Mickey Avalon. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Throwback. Throwback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> someone here. Someone Do out the there. Jane gets Fonda. That. One, <laughs> yes. two, three, four. Yeah. Bop, actually, look it up. Look it up. Our listeners, clearly not you, Alex. You you already know. <laughs> I'll make that the intro to the episode when I edit it or the outro, um, so people understand it. <laughs> getting back to the story, Kieran's the one that finally is just like, dude, how are you still back on your bullshit after I think Seth tries to like pat Josh on the back, whatever. Um, and this is where Henry kind of Roth, Kieran and Henry all put two and two and two together to get yep. the full story because uh, Kieran knew that he stole the cat, but Raph knew he said that he was still with the girl. So it all comes to light. Everybody knows he was kind of lying to everybody and was just hiding that he's a creep even back home. The cat was really the smoking gun. Like Henry's face when he said the cat thing was like, what? <laughs> Like, not yes. the cat. You said you were cat sitting. 
Oh, it sucks. It's bad. And I, we are all Kieran when he's like, Jesus Christ, you can't even just like let this happen for two seconds. Like you're back on your bullshit. Like him on the boat too. like Kieran freaking out oh. is me. I'm like, dude, give it a rest. Ah. Like I said in episode two or whatever it was, Kieran is the best and he's so relatable. <laughs> Other than being a jock, I was I have never been a jock, but I feel like his his replies are like what I would be doing. I'd be like, what? Emma's the douchebag on the island. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appear a douchebag. And then once you get to know me, you're like, oh, wait, she's actually quite nice. She's Jocko Malfoy. You're going to like you see it. I I love that about him. He in real life seems like very like stylish and opposite of Kieran. Any pictures I've seen Instagram. Yeah, Yeah, I haven't even stalked him that hard. But the cast pictures, I'm like, oh, this guy is just not Kieran at all. (laughs) No, he seems incredible. Yeah. And that's called acting. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's with the whole cast, honestly. Like they all seem so awesome. I want to be friends with them. Yeah. It must be so fun to shoot in Australia. Because they're all just probably it's summer camp. They're all just like on this little island. Not no helicopters, though. No helicopter. <laughs> we'll get to the helicopter. We were like, oh, no, not we were, we were cruising through episode eight. And I literally said, you stop and rewind. I want to I want to remember why I hated this helicopter so damn much. And we're going to get to that scene. Believe that. <laughs> Believe that. But Henry puts Seth in his place and essentially says, I literally want to live just so that everybody knows that you're a monster and that you're not just a sad case that slipped once. Like, this is this is your MO. This is who you are. And that's when Seth ugh, gives our guy Cake Blake, who will never be known as anything other than Cake Blake. Even though his actual name is Alex. Which is a great name. Don't get me wrong. We already have an Alex. (laughs) Yeah. And so Seth calls in the Calgary to get extracted and just knocks him one. And I mean, I feel like Cake Blake doesn't know how to take a punch because just get back up. I feel. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Have you ever been punched? Like, Like, I don't know. It depends where they hit you. (laughs) No, I've never been punched. Have you? All five three of Kathleen is saying with her full chest, Cake Blake really doesn't know how to take a punch. Couldn't he just get back up? Man, you should tell that to all the boxers out there after they get knocked out. Can't they just get back up? Is Seth as strong as a boxer, though? She does Peloton kickboxing like four times, and this is where we're at with the commentary. (laughs) You guys are lucky there's no video. Beat my girlfriend up on on video right now. right For real, for real. Uh, and is that our boys episode seven coverage? That's the boys episode seven coverage. No, I Maybe meant the boys. The island. Oh, yeah. okay. Sorry, that it was, was confusing. On I'm Amazon Prime the response. I was like, mm, the boys. I mean, we love the boys. Don't get me wrong, but it's not what we're here for yeah. today. That's another reason why we were late on this episode. Y'all, me, Brian and Paul were very busy on our boys coverage. Eight full apps of that. Go check that out. We love Amazon Prime. Keep giving us screeners. You'll have to scroll through the entire season's coverage to get to this episode from the last episodes of The Wild. So you'll see it. All right. Are we ready for Girl Island? Yeah, ready for girls. Okay, back to the girls who matter a thousand times more than the boys. Let's be honest. Don't even I you're mad about the helicopter. I'm mad about the Frisbee still. So we'll get there. 
Um, anyway, so Girl Island morale is absolutely dirt low. Everyone's uh, reeling from Marty being catatonic, as we talked Which, about. Shout out to Alex. Shout out to the girl. That was amazing. When I was re-listening today, I was like, oh, my God, this girl called it. Yeah. And Kathleen, you you agreed. I mean, you knew it, too. You were like, I was like, she's dead. You were like, nah, she's catatonic. Yeah. I had to look up what the word catatonic meant. I was just like, why are these girls so in the know on what catatonic is? Because Alex said it and Kathleen was just like, yup, I was going the same place with it. I was like, what? I'm going to Webster's, man. I need a definition. <laughs> we're expanding yeah, vocabs out here. It's yeah. fine. And we're diagnosing with no medical, <laughs> any kind of education. I feel a death on this show because we haven't had any besides Janine, correct? Jeanette. Jeanette. Sorry, RIP. <laughs> Janine. Janine from the boys. Janine from the boys. Wait, Janine from the boys. MM's daughter. Whoa. You said that. I was like, no, I've never heard of that name in my whole life. Subconsciously. We need a crossover episode. We do. This is True Blood and um, the Wild Boys. Vampire Diaries all over again. (laughs) Spoiler alert. uh, The Wilds live in the boys' universe. Yeah. It's all in the same universe. That would be be awesome. I'd be here for it. (laughs) The Bezos universe. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, Take us back to Girl (laughs) Island, honestly. Okay, we were only able to get past the curl island that everybody cares about more than the boys. And then it got off the rails. Absolutely. We care so much more, especially in episode (laughs) eight. But we'll get there. I know that um, we are very much in in, our numbers are great because Paul's not on this episode and he loves boy island, too. And so does Brian. I think Emma's on both sides. She's straddling one leg on each. I love everyone. Yeah, sure. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Um, I just like <laughs> I felt like in episode eight, the whole time the boys were on, I was like, get the fuck off the screen. Like I, I was like, Frisbee, zip, zip, zip. They're goodbyes before they get on the boat. Zip, zip, zip. I'm like, I don't need to watch this. It's all good. Okay. Anyway, so <clears throat> Girl Island. Tony is ignoring literally everybody because her girl is down, including Shelby, which we'll get to. Rachel has this absolutely bunker, stupid, insane idea to get her to the jacuzzi, which is very far away. So they strap up a bamboo thing that Leah refuses to do because she's fully hallucinating. Strap up the bamboo, walk this way to the jacuzzi. They've been 20 times before they run into a river they've never found before. Yeah, it was (laughs) pretty dumb. There was a throwaway line. Let's let's not go through the marshes. It'll be quicker. (laughs) What? Yeah. Come on. Just okay. We talked about it. Let's move on. Yes, but I will say <laughs> just one more thing is um, first time when Marty just goes straight down, jaw on the floor, so, so upset, worried. Second time watching, laughing, just laughing out loud, like knowing that she's safe. It's so bonkers. It's so stupid. And like Marty, I know she's catatonic, but she's still breathing. And she just comes out just so like angelic out of the water. I'm like, there would be something wrong. Like she'd still be choking from she was underwater for like. 20 yeah, she definitely seconds. would have inhaled water right yeah i was just like sweet angelic marty just came out of there un- unscathed good for her though we love this her. scene was wild like they could have filled five minutes of screen time in a number of ways this this did not do it for me but it it was pretty comical upon a Let rewatch the girls play Although, frisbee. 
Although the tension was very, very high the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, damn, Marty went down. But like, very funny. Damn, bitch went down. Scream, scream. Everyone go watch Scream 1996. Anyway, okay, so they finally make it. And this is where the crew starts splitting for a little bit because (laughs) Tony's unhinged and Leah blows that fucking wishy thing in her face. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, Leah, get the actual fuck away from me. I love Leah, but she was certifiably insane in that moment and needed to be told off. But like Tony could not just tell off Leah. She had to go on a you, 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 you. And she puts all of them in her place, especially poor Dot, who she says, besides literally saving Martha plummeting to her doom at the bottom of a river, what else have you done? And I was thinking to myself, Honestly, that's that's a pretty big one. I would I would give Dot a pass in this rant, but like she could not. Go ahead, Alex. I was gonna say she was like a verbal flamethrower, and like I think Dot deserved it the least. Like it was just you just knew she just needed to an outlet, and she was like reverting to old old Tony. I think Paul said that at one point too about something else too. He's like she's gonna throw pee at someone real soon. <laughs> like, last, like one of the last episodes. I know. Should we bring up Paul's like point about that since he's not here? Because I thought that was like a pretty excellent point. He went on this little spiel and believe us, we love Tony. But Seth did this awful thing to Josh. Right. And it's terrible. Tony took her pee and threw it at somebody else for basically doing like what on a basketball court or something. And it's like everyone's like, oh, Tony. It's like, well, that's also assault. Like, you know what I mean? We we forgive Tony where we're like condemning Seth and they're both they're two separate things, but both terrible. And it's like it was a great point that I never thought of. And it really made me think I was like, that's double a- standards are sweet when they're convenient. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. And it's and they made it off screen. We didn't know the person she did it to. Like they made it like it was a thing of her past that she was maybe trying to like. But she, I don't think t- Tony said it as like, I threw my piss at somebody once. Like she wasn't repentant or whatever, remorseful. You know? Well, yeah. yeah, no, I don't. The double standard is shitty. And I don't think we give her a pass. But I think what happened in the show and the way it rolls out is right. Like the, the island was her redemption arc a lot of a lot of the time in a way like you saw her grow and fall in love and not to say it's an excuse but like you watch seth kind of like <laughs> like crumble while she kind of just like evolved i think that's why maybe people were quick to forget yeah i just <laughs> wanted to give paul like kind of a pat on the back for that one because i genuinely never even thought twice about her doing that and then i was like you're right Wow. (laughs) Completely. I laughed. I didn't even think about it. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, that's terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So this Tony freak out separates everyone. And honestly, I remember the first time I was watching this thinking this little freak out is going to end badly because everyone's going to go off on their own and something's going to happen. But magically, they all end up right back where they started, which was I remember thinking, oh, thank fucking Christ. Like, I remember being like, Someone's going to get mauled by someone just because Tony freaked out. Dot's going this way. Fatten's going this way. Shelby, Tony, everyone's like spreading out, but it, it doesn't. It's, it ends up being fine. Like Brian says, everyone, they kind of got like a chill, pretty chill summer this season. <laughs> um, second, the back half of the um, being stranded was was not that crazy besides Marty. Um, and I guess Nora dying, quote unquote. But of course, that's and also true. Leah hallucinating. 
background. Were you being sarcastic just there or were you agreeing no, that they've had I, a late second they, half of their summer? They've had an easy second half of the summer. It's, Wait. it's mostly also we're watching it being like, well, Nora's not actually dead. Rachel did lose a hand that does blow. Like, like there are certain things, but they, they had it pretty cushy. I feel compared to the first season, it was pretty cushy. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with the whole boys versus girls, like the girls bonded at the end. And like, even though Tony was acting out, they were like, we're in this together. Like, we're not going to survive if we dip out. And also, like, they know Tony at this point. They know that she has a temper. And I feel like they're just kind of rolling their eyes and they're like, whatever, Tony's just being Tony. Like, we're not going to, you know, whereas the boys are like, they were like tight at the beginning and then all the separation happened. So I think that that just goes to show too, like the juxtaposition between the two, the two crews, if you will. I will say the girls are very understanding of Tony. I don't think any of the girls took that lashing personally, or at least they may have taken it personally, but not held it against Tony with the whole Martha situation. Tony has a license to do anything and they've come to an acceptance of her hot temperedness. I mean, with all of them, they've been very accepting, except for Leah, like with when Rachel lost both her sister and her hand, they were very understanding of her acting out with Leah, though. They didn't know that she was. They just thought she was crazy. So like she's the only one that they weren't super. Understanding. Yeah. Well, even though you should be. But yeah, I think it's yeah. hard to like wrap your head around like what is a true like pencil breakdown versus like what's just Leah being Leah. But um, yeah, I, I think saying the girls had an easy time is subjective for us because again we know all the things that are going right it's definitely coasting compared to season one but i liked the, all the nice moments like i think i like didn't even think twice about the fluff of it all because i was like oh i love these like friendship moments and this like family and bonding like they found these like silver linings and like high points in their very fucked situation you know so yeah um definitely fluff but also like it warmed my heart so i'll i'll take it you know <laughs> i honestly don't even know if i saw it as fluff as more just like growth yeah i mean they are on you were talking about excusing tony and stuff they're on day 49 at this point it's like they get each other. They know that Marty is her family, her only family, basically her sister. And it's like, they're going to let it go. But they're all family at this point by 49. And that's why it's so nice to watch because they do get each other and they do like the, the birthday party where it's like, first of all, ice the booze and get horny is the best line of the season. But like they get a birthday party and we're like, good for them. They deserve a birthday party because last season sucks so bad. The boys are in the beginning of their journey, whereas the girls are on the back half where they've been learning a little bit, at least, I think. It's unfortunate that the boys were never given the chance to get to that point, because aside from Seth, they I think they would have become a cohesive unit. They were all very agreeable, got along well with each other, had their differences, of course, but who doesn't? <laughs> anyway, Tony rips several people's heads off and then they go off on their own little tangents. Leah has a dance party with Ben Folds. He plays Brick, which I don't know, but I'm sure some people know the song Brick by Ben Folds. I sung along. Emma knows. And she essentially says, I should have fallen ass backwards down the looking glass like forever ago. Like it's way better doing this. I think Dot has an emotional moment. Finally, like she cries and just takes it all in and fatten. Oh, is this where Shelby cuts her head? No, no, that's way later. It, Someone no, take it, it actually it actually is. So, well, oh, 
after the Shelby Tony scene, but basically it's, it's all mushed together. It happens really fast at this point. Like the Leah manifestation of Ben folds ends up obviously just being her self-conscious. Right. Um, which really leads to what happens in, in um, episode eight and like the, the climax of the Leah of it all in episode eight. But yeah, this is where um, Dot has that sad moment. Like you said, Fatten finds the part in the book. That's really important. That says right, yeah. um, Leah is suspicious or whatever. And then Leah's like swimming out to a rock. Like she, she's just losing her mind. It's crazy. Feels so bad for Leah, honestly. Like, yeah, that must be the worst feeling ever to like know what's going on and be like and have nobody believe you. Nobody listen to you. And then like you start hallucinating probably because you're just like, fuck this. Like I, I nowhere else to turn like nobody believes me yeah is this where we get the reveal too that pages were ripped out of the book like remember we mm-hmm. at, in re-listening to us i was like we really called all of it of like if you don't see it it probably didn't happen or they will reveal it and yeah. so yeah i think that that you know that solved that and i'm trying to remember what we <laughs> talked about yeah no that's exactly it or other episodes isn't but, that exactly it like yeah batten is looking through the notebook and sees the torn page and then kind of sees the outline on leah is sus and then like scribbles on with the crayon or whatever and a map a full-blown map of this tiny island shelby realizes the map. yeah okay. so she realizes the pages are torn out when Tony goes on a rampage, like right before that she's on the rock and is like, wait a second, they're torn out. And then she goes, Shelby whips out the scissors, cuts her hair off. And then Fatten goes to confide in her like, Oh, Hey girl, we've been there. You'll get through it. And I love it. She says, you'll get through it. It'll be okay. Then she's like, well, fuck if I know if it'll be okay. We're on a, we're on an Island right <laughs> yeah. now. And she kind of looks around. She's like, and she makes the call to confide in Shelby about, all the shit that she's been finding and she's like i went full leah i know it but now shelby's just on board i guess having proof of leah is suspicious Mm. i feel like is well it's also i hate to say it i'm buying a slightly a little bit more into the shelby is a mole thing which sucks and it's it sucks. I hate it. And it's all has to do with that opening singing scene when I was really like, what is the point? There has to be a point to this. And like Gretchen, we'll get to it, but Gretchen walking in with the matrix, they keep saying red pill, red pill, red pill. And it's the, it's the kids. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I really think that was a reveal and not a question mark at the end when they show Shelby. Yes, we had this exact conversation today, but I actually don't think that Shelby was looped in while they were on the island. I, think I remember that she you got, saying that. No, I only just I only made this decision today. <laughs> no, no, you said that. You said that before. Did I? I think you I definitely think that Shelby's a mole. I definitely think she's a mole, but I think that she was brought in while they were in the Hence the Sour Patch Kids, right? Whatever and all kind thing. of thing, because that was like the Josh thing, like to get him mm-hmm. to tell the truth and lean in with her. There will be a time this episode for mole discussions. Facts. Okay. 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 Right there. So sorry, I didn't mean to just take that right from your face. Um, the only thing we skipped is Shelby and Tony breaking up, and it is a breakup. La- last the lost episode we debated, and it's a breakup. It's a full breakup. We were wrong about Huey and Annie. But this is a breakup. We definitely were. And I'm glad we were wrong about that one. Um, And I don't know. I'll I'll take your I. 
I it's will, not to say that it's done, done, right? But that that was the you were giving your things back. If you were like on land in your real life, that was the giving the things back with the sweatshirt, like you know, it was but it's not resolved and they're stuck on the island together again. So you know what I mean? It's like as breakups sometimes aren't, you know, it's it's like that, I would say. But also, could we kind of put this towards Martha's state and say, like, Tony was also acting just out of emotion and being like, well, because like the thumbs, the hand squeeze hadn't happened yet. So like Tony's like, you fucked over my best friend's chance of survival. Like you basically killed my best friend. But like, I feel like it's not fine. It's not as final of a breakup as it seems. It's just like emotional, more more so emotional than anything else. Yeah, no, I don't think it's done. Like, especially if they're going to, again, be still trapped on this damn island. But show me forever. Yeah. Shoney for fucking ever. It's the reason I clicked this show in December of 2020 when it first came out. I was like, my Twitter was like these two kiss. And I was like, yeah, they do. I was spoiled immediately and was like, I don't care. I'm saying up all night until I get to that scene, baby. And it was worth it. So Shoney forever. But unfortunately, they're broken up, broken up at this point. You hate to see it. But it's true. So we wrap this episode up in a full circle way. So we kind of skipped it in the beginning. Um, but Gretchen has this speech about motherhood and how Seth uh, grew up without a mother. And that's why he's here and on the island and all this stuff. It's like this little speech about it. Um, but it wraps up full circle where she's talking about I think she's talking about how uh, this whole experiment is like her baby. She's like going in to Josh's room with a big bowl of kids and walks out with the truth. And there's only like a one and a half left. <laughs> it's like so corny, but it works. That kid is, if he's the mole, he can't be the mold from that scene. It's like, he was just like talking and slamming kids into his face, which sounds bad. I, I really don't think Josh is the mole. I think Seth is the mole. Shelby is the mole. And maybe there's a third wild card. Because Seth is still on the island. I think when she says, I still got people on the island, those are the two. But like I said, there will be more discussion for that. And I think in the last recording, I brought up the point that maybe Josh also kind of muddled the real truth and gave false information to Gretchen. I think that's still very much in play, especially considering how much he doesn't want that truth to be known and it would take more than a bowl of kids to sour patch kids by the way we have not said the full thing this episode sour patch kids uh to get it on jaber lingo but if you're listening to this episode you probably already know we mean sour patch kids (laughs) just just but i agree it's like uh i don't think he's that easy to crack on that and also again you don't see it so we can only just Mm-hmm. wonder until they reveal her. I agree. Out, you know, I don't think that I don't think that they told Gretchen and agents what actually happened. Yeah. So the reason is, I think this came up last time is Gretchen goes on this thing. She's pumped, right? The, the episode prior, she's like in her sweats, sad as fuck, like depressed because everything's ruined. She comes out partying at this point and she's like, it's it was, it was it's not ruined. It was just bad male behavior. There was exactly no what we're trying experimental to prove. contamination. Everything yeah. that went wrong with our control group can be laid on one thing. Bad male behavior. Although bad male behavior could be describing sexual assault. 
Right. And Gretchen's nuts and would celebrate that instead of just being like she even said in the last episode, you need to care less about people. Like, I'm wondering if Josh even said it happened to someone else. You know what I mean? Like he he told her it, but like said, he directed it elsewhere. Like you never know. You know, it's like yeah. maybe, like, but we all like Gretchen knows that something happened to Josh specifically, right? Like, doesn't she mention that? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm making that up. I mean, they have think- just because he cut the mics, the footage is still there, and you can kind of see like. If you're, language. Yeah, if you're yeah. watching the video, you can see that Seth is the one that got exiled and Josh is the one they're like fawning over all the time. We'll see. We'll see. But it really ends with the Ian of it all. Ian knocks on the door of Gretchen's son, Devin. And that's really the end of it all, which is a great ending. Hot stuff. Truly piping hot. That scene killed me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Any any episode seven thoughts before we dive straight into Exodus? I would be remiss if I didn't say my final bullet point from my notes. The kid rips bongs. <laughs> it was a bong on his table. Uh, Gretchen's son. So let it be known. So Exodus, right? Uh, we open with this scene that I really, really wish was real life. I thought this was our hint and our glimpse of the real world post-traumatic stress island stuff. And it was not. It was like a little dream that, sh- okay, well well noted, this dream was from the, like, prison. It's not on the island. It's from the prison. Because when it first happened and she woke up, I was like, she's definitely the mole if she knows who Gretchen is and she's dreaming about Gretchen. But it is actually in the prison do we see shelby talk to gretchen at all or is she only talking to dean and doug in season one i don't think we see her talking to gretchen at all because i don't think we see anybody talking to gretchen in season one except for nora correct except for nora and and dot or is that do we see dot talking to her in season two so dot talks to gretchen in season one not in prison not on the island before right right yeah, the first person to talk to Gretchen in the prison, girl-wise, is Leah, right? In this in season two. Yeah. So that's actually also very interesting. Yeah, of girls, I was saying, but that's very interesting now that you say that. Was Shelby allowed to see any of the girls in season one? Any of the other girls? Yes, because Leah slipped the note down her shirt, remember? Right. And wasn't Shelby brought to Leah from the like they brought her to Leah. I always thought that was weird because those were the only two that were allowed to meet each other. And we already know Leah's circumstances in the prison. But why was Shelby allowed to see Leah? I didn't rewatch Amazing season point. one. Was that was that a unique thing amongst the girls in the prisons? Like were any other ones allowed to meet? We see Tony meets Martha to confirm that she's not catatonic. Yeah, but that's in oh. the finale. That's different. Oh. Okay. I remember Shelby's episode is episode eight. Shelby then, and I may be re- remembering this wrong, says in a scene, I have to see her. Let me see her. You think it's Tony. And then they bring her to Leah. Cause you, she doesn't say anybody's name. She's just like, bring me to her now. And it's like, pissed and then you think like oh she really is just dying to see tony obviously no they bring her to leah which was kind of shocking because shelby it like knows what's up but you're shocked that shelby knows what's up in season one but we see in season two that she knew on the island so it all actually does match up there 
I don't know. It's it's interesting, right? It's very interesting. But anyway, so we get the singing Tony, you know, you know how it goes and it's cute. And she's singing a song called Martha, which is cute. And um, yeah, it's it's sweet. Martha by Tom Waits. Check it out. But anyway, um, that's it. And then Gretchen is like handing her one of or two Sour Patch Kids and is like choose. And then she wakes up in, in the prison. So that's really all we get. And I was disappointed by that. But now that we're talking through and I'm actually more intrigued by it now that she might actually be the mole. As am I. Yeah, that's also one of my supporting evidence for her being mole is this dream sequence. Not to mention the fact that after Gretchen says on the plane, I have people, it goes right to Shelby, which is I hate it. I hate that they just do that because it could be a a decoy. It could be a decoy, but it could be real. No, it feels like it's going to be real and like it's gonna be disappointing as fuck. <laughs> but no. I, I'm just going to say I'm going to stick on the other side and say, no, I'm going to live in denial and be a Shelby truther. Okay. Even those the signs it are really <laughs> I still stand by it. And I'll say this till my face turns blue. I think that Shelby was not in it on the island. She was only brought in it when she when they were in the bunker or whatever. I like that. That makes me feel better. And you never know what like Gretchen bribes you with. Like, I'll keep everyone safe. Like, blah, blah. Like, you know, I don't she's, know. She's manipulative. Yeah. She knows and, what she's doing. Right. Agreed. And like at this point, Shelby's really fragile because Tony and her are broken up and everything. So you never know what Gretchen could have promised. The only issue with the thing uh, things about this is like you reference season one and you really, really hope that either the writers had this planned through season two and three and four, or at least they stay true to season one enough where you can't like look back on season one and say, well, that doesn't match up. You know what I mean? Like hopefully they know their show well enough that they know what they can and can't do in the following seasons. Whatever. Let's just, I I believe in the wilds writers. I think that, I think that it'll be okay. And I think that by the end of season two, everything still matches up with season one. Um, So it's a matter of if slash fingers all crossed that the wilds gets renewed um, in season three, that things still match up. I think that that's going to be the big, the big thing. I didn't even realize they weren't renewed. And I like until you said it. it. I'm so sad about it. They're still not renewed. (laughs) Yeah. But before the pod, I was like, God willing. Yeah. That, yeah, that. Um, but okay. So episode eight is split up in three pretty, uh, like even chunks, right? You get 20 minutes of the girls, 20 minutes of the boys and 20 minutes of the end and 20 minutes of Frisbee, 20 minutes of Frisbee, a fake helicopter and, and a fake ocean scene and a a fake ass ocean scene as well. We're going to start a GoFundMe for the CGI of of this. I mean, come on this. This show must have been relatively low budget, considering the fact that they were just all in the wilderness for most of the time. Yeah. So, like, you would think that they could do better green screen CGI. Yeah. Being on water, I will say, is tough. I almost can always say CGI immediately. If you fake me out on a water CGI, that's pretty good stuff. But we'll go in order. Okay. So, th- we start with our sweet, sweet angel girls. And this is a, I like this little setup. I like the girls. Until the end, but we'll get there. So with the girls, we've got Rachel, Dot and Tony putting Martha in the water again to try and wake her up. They end up screaming, having this really sweet moment. 
saying it's dot saying, Tony, you got to take care of yourself. What do you want to do? Scream. Marty squeezes her hand, which gives us the hope. Right. Um, so then we flash to Fatten and Shelby, who are going for a hunt for more like uh, via the map, electronics, Intel, anything they need. Um, they go to the ditch that. Leah had already brought Fatten to and Shelby's like, this dirt is different than this dirt. And I'm like, why didn't they figure that out before? Like, Leah, you should have said the dirt is different than this dirt. <laughs> Shelby's a country girl. Only country girls can tell. Yeah, true. Shelby's buried a few bodies. That's why. <laughs> and an escape room queen. Yeah, I will say Fatten and Shelby have like really good chemistry. I mean, Fatten is the best character of this entire show. She has great chemistry with everybody, but their back and forth are really fucking good. I love it. Before we get there, Fatten and Shelby have this amazing prayer scene. Fatten does this entire prayer. She says she's dusting off like muck tub is what she calls it. I fucking loved it. I thought it was great because Shelby, who is like so like obviously religious in season one is kind of swearing it off at this point maybe not fully but it's just not on that and i thought fatten doing this was like actually really beautiful i usually i i'm not a religious person at all but i do think that was beautiful and they look right up and find this thing right which is again they haven't looked up in two seasons she says i only got one so no encores <laughs> i love that she's i best. love her they know how to write fatten yeah they, they really do, do. Um, they find the controller thing and Shelby immediately just like sprints up the tree and eats it. It's like immediately eats it and is like crying because she's like, it's for her. I never won't love her about Tony. And this is the iconic Fatten saying, ditto, bitch, different her, same idea. And I would love to like, I'm the first person to be like, no, it's just platonic. But I don't know. These two are like. To, uh, the million yeah, I think we were the only ones in the camp, but we can all just we can all just have some wishful thinking for season yeah. three. But back to like, I think Leah has when Ben Folds is rattling off all her crushes, like lists some women. So, you know, or like, girl, so, you know, the door is open crack for it. And that's quite a specific way to put it from Fatten too. like stiff, different her same same idea. It's like, yeah. huh? Huh, okay. I fully ship Fia. Is that the would that be the couple name? Fia? Because it can't be Latin. I guess it can, it could be Latin, but like I feel like Fia is a little bit better. So although I, I, I want it to be a romance. I'm here for that. What do you think, Bri? I ship it, honestly. And I think all signs are pointing to it. I think there's the other scene when they finally all reconvene with the group where she like where I'm sorry, I think she brings up, whoa, head counts off and Leah's the only one missing. And then she just like glows up when Leah walks in safe and sound. It's like I ship it and I think it's going to happen is where my head's at. Who else would she be talking about? Ditto, bitch. Or, no, it's definitely Leah. It's just a question of is it platonic love? Like same kind of idea. Is that just platonically? I love this girl to death. I would say that about my friends. Like I would die for my girlfriends that I'm platonic with. You know what I mean? So she it, knows what Shelby and Tony are. She wouldn't have said same sort of idea, different her. She knows that Tony or at least Shelby wants to be romantic with Tony. So she knew exactly what she was saying. That's how she feels with Leah. 
I actually ship, I ship them more than I ship Shoney, actually, which is like a crime, probably. But like, <laughs> I think that chemistry wise and like, like, I don't know. I love Shoney. Don't get me wrong. Listeners, please. I love them. I love them a lot. But I, I think that like Fat and Leah is like a slow burn, like best friendship turn something. And I also think it would be cool because a lot of shows are like sick. We like we check the box. We have like a gay couple on screen so they don't think they need a second one. But if if a show was like, we're going to have two, I'd be like, yes, finally. Well, two. I'm I'm here for it. I don't know if I think it'll happen, but I'm really I'm. I ship them. I want them to happen. Perfect. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> right. Um, so then when once I start figuring stuff out, Shelby's like, can I be the one to tell? And now I'm really questioning things because if she's a mole from the start, that's weird. If she's not OK, but Fatten's like, no, 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 no. Like Leah's bit was doing this all on her own. We have to like make sure we have every, all of our ducks in a row because this is going to crush Rachel and the rest of the girls. Like we really need to like take a beat, process it and let them know. I would have been like flying and I'd be like, we found this. There's batteries. Somebody, put it. <laughs> like, which I, is completely, yeah. it's super mature that they wanted to handle it the way that they did because like they've been stuck on this Island for 49 days. Yep. You would Agreed. think that it would be like the first shot of anything. Just like, Oh my well, super mature Fatten, we should say, which I already said Fatten was one of my favorite characters, if not my favorite character, because she was like the most mature of the group in a lot of ways. Love me some Fatten. Not as much as Leah. Leah's crazy. <laughs> Did we last time we attempted this talk about like why we think the plane or not the plane, Europe plane helicopter? And we'll get to that. Do we know why it came at this particular time? Like, do we think it was Marty? Do we think it's because they disturbed like one of those fucking radio things? Like, do we think they were trying to get ahead of the conversation of, of too many people knowing too many things? Because obviously they took them back and separated them like indefinitely. So I don't know if we, we touched on this last time, but I just I, I do wonder why. Like, And I'm sure it will reveal itself. But what what is everyone else feeling about it? You know? Right off the top of my head, because I can't think of anything that suggests otherwise. I think it's that 50 days was the predetermined cutoff and the boys had to be pre-yanked before that because they were going to die adrift on the raft. But I think 50 days was probably the conclusion of the experiment. And I think in the last episode, I talked about, okay, uh, 50 days on the island and then 30 days in processing in the prison would kind of ballpark a summer retreat that they sold the parents on. So it kind of all fits in. I think 50 days was the number. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. And I can also see the remote thing because it really did buy them time. Like it bought the, the um, experiment time. I think that's a great point because like if, if they were all sitting there talking about it, they would get, the interviews would have been completely different, like absolutely completely different. It would have all been the the variables would have been all kinds of fucked up. Everything would have been fucked up. So I think that's a great point. I don't know. I'm kind of on team that, but I do agree that like 50 is the day. So I think it's a coincidence that, that they fell on the same day. Mm -hmm. 
I don't, I don't know. We'll get to how anticlimactic and bad CGI that plane is. But before we get there, Leah's on Ben Fold's rock for a really long time. Um, battling her inner demons, whether or not to go back, has some really cute moments, says this things like, like, I wrote in my diary back in the day that I would die for you, Ben Folds. She's like, that was dramatic as fuck, but I actually would die for these girls. Um, so she does make the decision to go. And this is where she has the face off with Ben, aka mm-hmm. herself, about being like, I'm not like a hopeless child, like blah, 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 whatever it is, like but choking he each makes other. her realize if they want to think that about you, you just go ahead and let them think that. And you do you anyway, Leah, because you are way more than that. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, I mean, it was a great it's great because it leads to my favorite moment in this episode. So we'll get there when we get to the prison part of it all. But that that is my favorite. But the showdown with her and Gretchen is my absolute favorite part of this episode. I guess it's worth saying that what kind of brings her attention back to the island when she's adrift with Ben Folds is that the girls are screaming with catatonic Martha like she hears that and it's just like, I would die for those bitches. I love it. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. So now the girls reunited the jacuzzi. No real harm done. Leah went through this whole transformation of sorts, but no harm done. Uh, Fatten and Leah, I mean, besides maybe Shelby's haircut, but Fatten and Leah had this that amazing moment where she's like, Leah comes up and she's just like, you're the strongest fucking person I know. And just like snugs her up and smiles so fucking big at her. And it's really, really sweet. And I just do want to say that I'm so glad they're from the same school and the area. So when they eventually do get home, they will always be like in the same area because these girls are all just going to split up. They're old enough that if they really wanted to be near each other, they could. But, you know, eventually when you get off the island, you go back to your families. At least these two will be in the same town because I love them so much. And here comes the fake plane. Brian, take us away. (laughs) The helicopter. Honestly, it was just the worst thing in the world because first (laughs) off, they're on an island. So clearly, like the camera crew, et cetera, et cetera, is getting to and from this island, most likely using a helicopter. And it's like Amazon. How much is a helicopter rental in the grand scheme of like budgeting for a television show, especially when it's the most impactful scene, them literally seeing this human structure, a helicopter, hearing it and then seeing it across the distance and like Amazon comes up with a CGI helicopter. Who does that in the year 2022? It's bogus. It's ridiculous. And how dare they? Yeah. And I I think I said last time, like, they probably had a helicopter laying around. How else are they getting these girls on the island and around in these woods? Like you need a helicopter, you know? Um, But this is one of my big things. Like this is really anticlimactic for me. I mean, completely. It it was like so devastating to me. Like not only is this plane very devastating, but it follows Tony farting. It is like such a flop of a scene. It's like they all have this sweet moment and then Tony farts and I fucking hate that. And then the and then the helicopter comes. It's like one big like shit, like flop. Like I was like, what the fuck? It just shows up and they're just like, cool like mesmerized by like at least like uh, scream be sobbing do something to make it at least cool like i had to really talk myself down on this part because 
like we know that all of this stuff is going on and going down and we're like, no, fuck this. They need to talk about the Gretchen. We want Gretchen to be exposed, but they don't know any of this by at this point besides Leah, Shelby and Fatten know something. But basically they know nothing. You know, they know that something's up, but they don't know anything. So I had to really talk myself down of how anticlimactic this was to be like they were just happy to be like saved. They they were truly just happy to be saved. But I actually completely disagree. Wow. While while I thought that the helicopter looked incredibly fake, I think that the reactions were relatively genuine. Like they were in shock. They were in disbelief. They were like. There's no way that this helicopter is actually real. Like it was like a like after 50 days on a stranded island. I don't know. I wouldn't be screaming. I would be like, am I hallucinating? Is this real? Am, am I, I going full rescued? <laughs> like, right. Like, exactly. So, like, while I agree to some extent, I also think that their reactions were as genuine as they would have been in real life. Maybe someone would have streamed. I think that someone would have made some kind of noise, but like ultimately I think that it was pretty spot on. <laughs> I I kind of for me it's more like it cut away too soon. Like I wish like we got to see them in the helicopter when they first arrived and maybe we will see it in time, but there there's more emotions to unfold. To your point, it's shock at first, but there probably were more emotions to unfold. It's just like we had we had to go play frisbee, you know. Yeah, I am fully agree that they would not be like, it's just like so shocking that why would they make a peep? But for me, I'm like, it was so anticlimactic, just the even the way it led up. And that's really, I guess, how it would be in real life. Like not everything in, in, is a TV show and something like someone gets like murdered and then all of a sudden the, the helicopter comes or something like that. Like, I mean, just taking a step back, though, the fart into a CGI helicopter made that whole scene fall thank you. completely flat. Thank also, you, thank the you. fact that Tony wasn't like laughing about it. She was just like, my bad. <laughs> like, it was awkward. Like, if she had been like, my bad. Like, who fought for that in the writer's room? Just like tooth and nail to be like, no, this is it. This is literally how it has to be. I had to give Why? us a fart joke. <laughs> Yeah, that seems like an insult. It really does. They insulted me. That was insulting to me. We ready yeah. to uh, move on Ooh. to let's hit the boys boy island. We can whip through this like really fast. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, though, so you can try and set the pace. I will bring us back. I have a lot of comments about the boys. So, OK, you, you set the pace and then I'll just chime in. I'm going to set the pace. So Henry's talking to Raph about Seth. There's a sweet moment. He's basically be like, don't feel stupid for thinking he was great. He literally does this to everyone. I also think he's great sometimes, but he's actually a monster. So there is like this little moment, sweet moment between. He tries to relate with the story about how his dad was betrayed by Volkswagen because they lied about their greenhouse emissions, which was so funny. Such a dumb thing. This is where. Besides the Jocko Malfoy drop, this was a waste of two whole minutes, which I calced again this time because it is two minutes. I, I literally hit next for 10 second fast forward 12 times. And then finally they stopped playing Frisbee. Terrible, like really terrible. But anyway, then Seth comes clobbering down the, the island again like he always does. Did you clock the amount of screen time spent on Dot's pimple? 
No, but I love Dot and her pimple. She could tell me all. Well, I okay. I am just putting that out there into the universe, and our viewers, our listeners, can do with it what they will. Continue. But is there dialogue about the pimple? Because there's zero dialogue during the frisbee. It's literally just a song, and then playing frisbee. It's not even like it's not a montage. Actions They're just playing speak frisbee. louder than words. <laughs> uh, a picture's worth a thousand words. No, Need no, I go Brian, on? No, You're please wrong. don't. <laughs> Please don't go on. But anyway, so he clobbers down the the island, shows them the boat. Bo immediately is just like, all right, I'm in. I hops in. He's checking it out like he's like a boat inspector. And and Seth made it maybe look like it was stranded. Right. So they decide somehow that Seth, Raph and Kieran are going to get on this boat because they don't trust Seth to just get on this boat and do the right thing. Rightfully so. Right. Emma, you. Thanks. And while they are getting on this boat, the song that plays is from a French musical called Le Choriste. And it's basically like I commend the music producer or whoever it is that decides the music that goes with these scenes, because this person went deep. This is a French song and it's in like a French musical that I watched in seventh grade in French class. Like it's not it's not a movie that most people would have seen. And the lyrics are essentially about forgotten kids and giving them their hand and leading them to the future and to a better tomorrow. Um, and I don't I don't feel like I need to read the entire lyrics, but we can can we link the song? Is that possible? Like, can I give you the name of the song? We can try to do that. Jimmy probably knows how to do that. Yeah, we'll get our I, we'll get our IT guy on it and our CEO. I Jimmy. can't even properly pronounce it, which is why I don't want to butcher it because I don't speak French that well. Um, but it's a great song. And essentially it's the lyrics translated into English are just about like seeing kids on their way who have been forgotten and need to, a hand to hold to access the light and like to move forward and um, have a happy life ultimately. And I just felt like that was so moving as someone like, I I mean, I feel like most of the world probably wouldn't resonate with that if they hadn't seen the movie, but like having seen it and knowing the song and knowing that I already liked it, I was like, wow, like that's a very specific niche song to select during this like very primal time where like they're getting on this boat a raft actually and sailing out to like hopefully be rescued, but nobody actually knows. Like they're kind of also like we could die at sea. Like we don't have anywhere we're going. We're just hoping to find another boat that can rescue us. So ultimately I just thought that that was something worth calling out because it is, it's, it's very specific. Um, it is I like I intentional. I don't think anyone would ever find that. It, like, it takes a very specific human to watch the show and be like, holy shit, great work. So I'm glad one of them happened to be on our podcast. What yeah, I mean, that? at least I watched that movie when I was in seventh grade French class, you know? <laughs> I mean, it sounds like the music had more thought than than the writing behind the girls <laughs> extraction scene. So we'll take it. We'll take the emotion where we can and, and the meaning where we can. But granted, we also got nothing on how the boys actually got extracted. True. We literally just got that song and there's a boat. Yeah. So that's true. Yeah. So everyone says their goodbyes, which I don't care about. Truly. Like, I really don't. At this point, I'm like, just go. But here's my issue. That's actually 
not true. Kieran has a good moment with Scotty where he's just like, honestly, like me and Seth are leaving. Rob is leaving. You're with like a theater geek and two softies. Like you're the guy now. They're going to look to you, take care of them. And I loved what Henry told Roth, he says, I have three things to say to you. Don't drink the seawater, follow the sun and trust your instincts. Like you said, how they came to the conclusion, the best scenario is to put three people on this suicide mission is insane. But like Seth, yeah, it this whole thing is very intense. And honestly, I have to reiterate what Emma was saying about that song. It is so specifically specific to this scenario. I implore you to look up the lyrics. Um, it's it's very relevant but yeah i don't know this this was a really cool scene i think it was worth saying their goodbyes because the boys matter too she's such a hater man she is don't (laughs) um but they the reason they landed on three though was seth is like i'm gonna save the day and karen's like the fuck you are we don't trust you and then they're all like well you two will murder each other and then we're all fucked so who's going to mediate and little little roth boy got put in the mix well i think that's the other thing is like yeah like three people on that little raft is a death trap but also sending karen and seth alone on that raft is a death trap yeah and I, Brian, I, I will go back on what i said i liked the henry moment and i liked the moment between Ivan and Kieran when they're just like fuck you to each other I actually like that better than I cared Mm -hmm. about the Scotty handoff because eventually they they do get rescued not like 30 minutes later so Scotty never had to be in charge of anything because they're all reunited again you know what I mean so it's almost like thank you for that handoff but um, I'm taking it back thanks I'm Kieran if you didn't know uh See if he was mad at me or not. (laughs) See, now you are a good representation of what I think the Twitter sphere and the Reddit sphere of this fandom are. Okay, it's pure toxicity towards the boys and absolute refusal to enjoy that aspect of the show and demanding more birthday parties for Dot and more pimples for Dot so that we can have more and more fluff and we can watch girls kiss girls and live happily ever after. Okay. Absolutely not. It's just a fluff piece. The girl's got a lot of fluff. And if the, I think the fandom thinks exactly like you, they reject the boys. I'm telling you, this show would be because they all wanted to watch Shoney Kiss. That That's what they want. That's why Godlean watched. I no, have I hear you. no problems with Shoney. I know. You and don't. it's well documented. I know. I, I agree. But but you have to admit that the boys aren't as entertaining as the girls and it's written that way. And also like the whole point of the show is girls was whoa versus boys and the girls are supposed to win and be better. And so that's how I feel. That's Gretchen's not the point of the is- show. We actually don't know what the point of the show is yet. It's supposed to pit them against each other. And then hopefully they give us a nice mind fuck the next three seasons. Yeah. But Gretchen's whole point was that girls are better than boys. Her so whole point. From yeah. her perspective, we are supposed to view that girls are better than boys. And at this point in the series, Gretchen has said my point has been proven and everyone knows that Nailed Gretchen that. is trustworthy and everyone should just follow every word yeah, she says. I was, no, 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 no. You already said we should all trust Gretchen. So yeah, you guys can live in that boat. <laughs> this is devolving. Man, we need Paul here to like neutralize yeah. and just bring back the ice. ice and the booze. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, 
it we say this on every podcast. If I was just watching the show, I would enjoy it all. But we're podcasting on it. I'm we're micro like criticizing it, which is which is how it is. Hey, how's it going? Should we reset? Sorry, Brian. Let's reset. I might not like those boys that much, but I really like you. See, I just don't get why you don't like those boys that much. Like, does oh, they're just not that charming, Kieran? It's all of them except for Seth are charming. Which Seth used to be your favorite, so you're about to skew, say your skew of the male gender, or I'm sorry, your view of the male gender may be skewed. I never claim to know anything about the male gender. Uh, true that. <laughs> that is also true. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm more a subject matter expert in that regard on on this particular episode. You are I don't know. the subject matter ep- <laughs> expert. Yeah. Look, it used it used to be three v two, and now it's three v one. So you know, I gotta I gotta come at you with some passion. Paul, I like miss it. you. Yeah, we do miss you, Paul. He's gonna listen to this and be like, "Damn," because he's on the way out for sure. He loves the boys. If the uh, audio actually comes out this time, oh no. <laughs> I will die. <laughs> I will die. OK, so we're on the boat and they are getting like beat by the sun. You can't really tell how, how much time passes. What do you guys think? A day, maybe? I don't think a night passes. No, it doesn't seem like it's even a night. Like Maybe like morning till till evening. Yeah. Seth comes up with a good idea. Yo, let's ride the ta- tailwind, conserve gas. And Kieran's like, zip it, fucktard. I'm not listening to anything. <laughs> and Raph is there to be like, no, he's objectively true in what he just said. You need to listen to him. So actually, the three person plan works in one scene, like exactly how they drew it up. But obviously, um, you know, when they try to start the engine, Kieran can't get it to catch. And he's like, you killed us. You absolutely killed us. Seth once and for all takes it out on him. Somehow they, they scrap Kieran winds up in the ocean and then Roth has the moral decision. Am I team Kieran or team Seth? And I, I knew he was going to help Kieran. Thank God. I never doubted Roth, even though I have questioned Roth all through this coverage. I did not have a doubt in my mind that he was going to side with Seth and inevitably he does hit Seth. This is actually this scene makes the Henry saying go with your gut way better because that is a gut check moment. And Henry and Henry saying it to about his stepbrother is intense. And it's almost like he knew he was saying that, like, go with your gut. You're going to be out on this boat like you got to make a decision. Go with your gut. Well, I feel like Henry also knew that Roth had kind of an alliance to Seth like he trusted him and in the past like he hadn't steered him wrong he'd been real with him so I also think that that had to do with it like Henry was like warning him like hey like I know you trust this guy but like stick to your instinct be objective don't don't let your previous views of someone alter what you actually do yeah I mean I still wasn't sure what decision he'd make but I think Seth made his bed when he was like we're leaving him like, you know what I mean? Like Rob was once again reminded like, fuck, you're an asshole. And like, yeah, you and Kieran just fought. But like uh, Kieran's not saying let's leave this dude. Right. Like he's trying to be a team player and knuckle through like your bullshit. And so I think it kind of made the decision for him of like, yeah, you're toxic. And also you probably come for me next. Like who's going to stop Seth? You know what I mean? And does he want to be alone with him? Probably not. No, it's one thing I randomly appreciated is that 
Kieran was struggling just to like tread water. And that's realistic because they would be so deprived of like muscle mass and nutrients. Like he, it would take all of his energy just to keep up. So like that was a realistic struggle. I like that. It almost made the CGI backdrop or the green screen behind them not noticeable, except nothing could make it not noticeable. So, yeah, I don't know. So that's the boys exodus. Uh, Roth goes in on Seth, which was satisfying. It wasn't just the hit with the oar. He starts punching him in the face. And then Karen's like, after 10 seconds, yo, dude, there's a boat. And that's all we see. It's an off-screen exodus for the boys. I, I, if there's a season three, we have to see their exodus. I think in season three, at least the boys on the island. There's no world where we don't get a season three. I'm like upset thinking about it. I, I wouldn't even. I, I'm just. What? Me too. Me too. Also, oh Charles God. Alexander, if you want to come on, we can talk to you about some things. Which one's he? It's Kieran. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like the boys. Come on. <laughs> First question. Why does your part of the show suck so much, no. dude? No, you should have been Kieran better. has been my favorite since episode one of season two. And also him and Sophia, who plays Batten, are BFFs. And I love that. Yeah, me too. So, I, I like them both on Insta. They run. I like the boys separately. I just think that. And we'll get to why I'm pumped for season three, but we'll we'll just okay, we'll keep with the prison, right? We've got our last 20 minute third of the episode, and we are on prison and we open with Gretchen like on a treadmill smoking a cig like a bad bitch. I mean, what a come up from the ironing her suit. Just yeah, whatever. Ready. She's fucking ready. And in the in between while it's doing this, it's also panning to the prom scene with the podium so it's also kind of setting the stage of like Gretchen is getting ready to present herself but first get me Leah I guess yeah Leah is first this is the showdown this is the best part of the whole episode and this like the music placement Maybe the whole season the whole season the actresses going toe to toe this is what i wanted the whole season to be like i wanted this to happen in episode 4 and then the rest be like a sh- absolute showdown a battle of wits and like lawsuit this that like i wanted it to be this like really intense thing like it was with gretchen and leah and it was a joy to watch the scene was Fucking incredible. Such great banter. Big dick competition between the both of them. And you think Leah comes out on top. And in this moment, she does. And I'll give it to her. And ends up like you could never expect what happens next with how Gretchen just like absolutely bounces. But Leah gets this win. Leah gets the W here. Like so much fucking moxie. But a W. So good. Well, I think (laughs) we talked about this like but you can never win with Gretchen. She's like that kind of narcissist and delusional person. It's like Dan Scott in our one tree hill where you watch like there is no winning with this villain because they can always spin it on you. Right. Like she's like, Oh, Leah, you got me. Like that's what I made you this though. I made so you this. You know, it's so horrible. Like, I'll beat always your ass, one Gretchen. step ahead. Yep. Always one step ahead. And it's where so she thinks at least because how do you know I haven't already gotten the best of you also ordering the daiquiri 
perfect and then retrieving the daiquiri (laughs) later (laughs) the finale like that final 20 minutes made me just absolutely fall in love with leah oh when they were revealing all of kind of her secrets and how she ultimately was just playing dumb like i already had an a massive respect for her but i feel like i just like completely fell in love with her and she ultimately became my favorite character because of that just so we don't skip over it, during this meeting, we get confirmation that Martha is alive and well, just in a wheelchair, and she gets up and is able to hug Tony and also off screen. I'm sorry, we don't see Nora, but Gretchen confirms that Nora is thriving and is stronger because of the experience. So confirms that Nora has been alive. But she even says, but you already knew Nora was alive, didn't you, Leah? She's condescending, but also puts some respect on Leah's back at the same time. But boy, that phone ringing and Leah just saying, it's for you. And my personal favorite line, love the suit. (laughs) She's just like, love the suit. Yeah, it is so slick. There's a there's a line that I uh, didn't catch the rest of the times I watched, which was Gretchen says to Leah, like you were still like a lovesick puppy by the time you got to the prison. And that's where Leah gets one up on her because she she was not like she was she was absolutely scheming from the second she stepped foot into the prison, stealing peeping their notes, stealing the thing out of the pocket, like all of that montage of of just like scheming. Okay, I took that a different way because I think what Gretchen says is you were still a lovesick fool after phase one, which I thought was the plane crash. Like even when you crash landed on the island, you were still obsessing over that guy. Mm -hmm. It took until having the on the island experience for you to come and realize. Oh, I may have misheard that. That's a good point. Although, Kathleen, I saw it the same way that you did. Gretchen was aware of her growth, but not quite aware of her growth. I still think that Leah was like hiding this aspect of herself and and her self-awareness from Gretchen and from everyone. Like, I think that she was kind of playing them. I can't confirm which is right. I think they're equally valid, but it just you can perceive it one of two ways. Yes, I agree. I don't disagree either with you, Brian. And so this whole thing ends with getting the call and and the flashes with Leah it's that she calls Ian instead of Jeff who they thought she was going to call for that 45 second call when Doug no Dean who helped Dean helps her right so that's the whole FBI of it all which will play into season three which we are getting Uh, but then all the lights go off the lights shut off one by one you start hearing maybe like doors opening and invites coming under the invites come under before the lights go off. Yeah. And then it seems like the, the doors open and then Fatten's there with a wig. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So Fatten is definitely wearing a wig in the scene. And this is something I didn't get to say in the first time we recorded it, which I'm glad I got to say now. It makes me think they recorded this prison scene way later because famously Sophia, who plays Fatten, has like short blonde hair right now. So you would assume if they had to reshoot some stuff, She'd have to wear a wig. That's the only reason I bring it up. The Bingetown people know I'm the wig detector. I call <laughs> every wig I've ever seen. But this actually feels like it matters. Like they almost reshot some stuff. Maybe something was supposed to be different. Well, yeah, I wonder if the Nora reveal was supposed to be sooner. And maybe there's something with that actress. You know mm. what I mean? Again, like it. I, I just wonder. Or there was just scenes that just didn't take and they needed. But yeah. it'd be interesting if they 
had to retool the ending based on whatever that Amazon release the deleted scenes, (laughs) release the footage. (laughs) The audio didn't work. (laughs) Oh, can relate. Say no more. We get we understand (laughs) with a CGI budget like that. I wouldn't be shocked. (laughs) Oh, man. Emma, actually, you were the first one that brought up on this re re rewatch that Gretchen may have been planning like the OG plan was for her to reveal herself at the podium to them in that auditorium with the prom, which I didn't initially think I thought it was always supposed to be this shock and all but I think that was totally the original plan. I'm just not sure what was the original next phase of the experiment. I don't think we know what phase three was really supposed to be, yeah. but you know, she's like fail up or whatever, you know, it's um clearly they weren't done. And like phase one yeah. was Island phase two was interrogations and what have you. I, maybe it was always a plan to integrate and then kind of like have them finish out summer camp together yeah. or some shit, but like clearly keeping them there. Uh, but now mm-hmm. she's not part of it and is a bit more removed, I think. But the fanfare plays and her voiceover plays saying oh welcome to the revolution bleak present becomes the bright future look around at your remarkable uh remarkable partners blah 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 and this is a great scene because leah is front and center just looking around to this room of half strangers saying don't trust a word she says and scotty's just like who is this bitch like do we trust her and roth is the only one there to say like we can trust her and i love how one Fatten says wherever Leah goes, we follow and all the girls follow suit because they've been through. They bonded. And then once Roth vouches for her, all the boys follow suit because when they don't know anything that's going on, they can trust each other still after this bonded experience. Well, remember when they ran into each other in the hallway at first and she's like, oh, you must be Kieran or something. <laughs> or yeah. And Henry and Fatten's like, like the who are they? Fuck? And Leah's like, Kieran and Henry, if I had to guess. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Kieran's like, well, how the fuck do you know my name? <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that. Yeah. Just a small segment of how money these interactions between boys and girls can be, be next season. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Boys are dumb and like hilarious. Come on. This is going to be like really, really good because we only don't like one of the characters between the boys and the girls. And that's Seth. I agree. I totally agree with that. And yes, I I will speak to that once we once we're (laughs) doing our final things. Um, But yeah, the kids are let out of the cages. They're all sprinting around Gretchen's voice. Um, Basically, everything's gone over it. And yes, they're seeing all the monitors are unplugged, just like empty tables. Clearly, there was stuff going on here and they got the hell out of Dodge. My one question is how much time had passed between the conversation with Leah and that phone ringing between then and the doors unlocking? I know, right? Because she was. Finishing that daiquiri and she drank the whole daiquiri, but they also set up candles along all of the walls. They set it all up like they gave Seth the recording. So like how much time must have passed in order for that to happen? I mean, like they're obviously in this underground bunker. So like time could be a little bit of a blur. Like maybe it feels like it's and only an hour, but it's really been five. Like, we don't really know. But that was something that on the re-re-rewatch, I was kind of like, mm, 
it doesn't feel like enough time has passed for this much to have been cleared out. It's like Marty running in the woods. They lost her. It's kind of like, I don't know if these timestamps track. (laughs) But also, like, we don't have an actual grasp on the timestamps. We just have a grasp on the days. So, like, with the Marty thing, like, it could have been five hours apart, but, like, we wouldn't have known that just because it's still the same day. So, while our island children are trying to make sense of what's going on we kind of catch up with gretchen who hasn't successfully gotten off the island and she is in well she steps off a plane and this is where she has the moment with dj or devin devin she has the moment with her son devin where he is waiting for her stepping off the plane and just says mom i'm so sorry i had to do it i was forced to like genuinely apologizing to her and she says we forgive but we don't forget now get the fuck out of here i gotta tell this guy dean off i kind of love this because she says look you successfully fucked me over i don't know how but i respect it okay here's your pink slip i hooked it up so that you can live a happy life with your daughter so long as you don't cross me all my gifts have receipts stay in your lane live your life and stay the fuck out of my business and perfect wrap up Gretchen is a baddie okay she is a good villain she's kind of like a cheesy corny white suit wearing like patronizing villain but she yeah I like her when she's on the screen you know she does it for me um and she tells off Dean and then (laughs) (laughs) what I do she's good (laughs) I I honestly I completely agree like I think that she does it for me too Mm -hmm. she's smart she's cunning She knows how to get them where it hurts. And she even tells Dean, like, you're valuable. And that's why this sucks. Like, I know how good you are. And I wish I could use you to my advantage, but I no longer can. And it, sorry, Alex, I know you want to say something. (laughs) No. And it brought me to this one thought of, like, Dean has to dig deep and figure out a way to get her so that he can also get away with having his daughter. Nah, fuck that, man. Secure the bag. Live happily ever after. (laughs) No, I think Dean is going to try and save them because how else are they going to get out? He is the one that's, from what we understand, still relatively close to them because, right, like we see Gretchen land on this. It seems like a tropical island, maybe not so far away from where everyone is and where the bunker is, but probably not on the same island. Your only way out, the only person who knows where they are is Dean. The FBI is working on it, but how would they even know where to start? They need to like, I mean, uh, who knows if there's any sort of paper trail. Dean's going to have to be the one that gives up the location. It's just going to have to figure out a sneaky way. Yeah, agreed. But this is really the the all my gifts have receipts is a perfect line. That's good writing. And then this is where they're on the plane and Alex or Blake cake Blake, of course, Gretchen is like telling him the plan reluctantly because Dean's like, just tell him the fucking plan or Doug says it's like, just tell him the fucking plan. He got beat up. Dan, 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 come on, Doug, Doug, who is Doug? (laughs) Honestly, Doug fits Dan more than Dan does. Yeah, I agree. But the show goes on is the bottom line here. And phase three is happening. It's taking on a different phase. Uh, The new control group is the boys and the girls mixed up. Um, You really think I would have fled if I didn't have people on the inside? Flashes straight to Shelby. Oh, boy. You hate to see it. And And people, not person. 
Yeah. People, people, correct. Yes, yes. Yes, because it's probably Seth and Shelby. Yes. Seth is then being DJ on the speakers and being maniacal, like Alex said. And that's the end of season two of The Wilds. I will say it's just been really fun to talk about. I know I sound like I have a lot of shit to talk, but it's really just because I'm being an asshole. Like, I really love it. It's so great. So I have <laughs> a couple of questions that I'd like to throw out to the group. Moving, closing out season two and moving into season three. The first one being, if Seth is not the lone mole, do we think that he knows who the other mole slash moles are? I don't think she trusts Seth a lick. I feel like it's like, you do your thing. And that's it. That's about it. Yeah, he's like the chaos agent slash just like let him think he's in charge of helping her. But Shelby's like the one that's going to really keep an eye and kind of be more like probably give like probably get closer to everything happening. Right. Like they're going to ostracize Seth, I would think. Right. So Shelby's kind of like an insurance policy, maybe more than anything. Well, my other question is that do the other guys know that Seth is alive? Like we don't we never saw how they got rescued. We haven't seen Seth interact with the other guys. The only thing we've seen is him pressing play on this CD, you know? So like, does everyone know that he's alive or do they kind of think that something happened? Like, I think that there's a lot of room for interpretation specifically with how the boys were rescued. And I wonder if that's intentional. Like, I would like to think it is because I would like to think that they would ultimately give us more than they did. I don't know. I don't think they know that Seth is alive. I think that he probably was pretty like a touch and go after Raph was done with him. And when they picked them up, they probably separated them immediately because I assume whoever picked them up was part of this experiment. Like because um, they will obviously went straight to the prison. I'm curious to see how long I, I agree with you. I don't think the rest of the party knows that Seth is alive and still on the island. But I'm curious to see how long it takes Seth to make his presence known, if ever in season three. Like, will he try and reconvene with them or will he just do his thing inside the building? Because he clearly has access to the facilities if he's playing DJ. But also, don't doesn't everyone else have access to the facilities? Like, yes. So, yeah. like, I, I kind of feel like that's going to add another element to season three. Like, they Definitely. also have bathrooms, showers, like an indoor so that they don't have to be worried about the weather and natural occurrences. Like, I feel like that's going to add just this extra element of, like, what's going to happen? And I'm I'm very curious to see if Seth sort of hides out in that little secretive closet or if he comes out and people know that he's there. Um, and the one kind of being the the puppet master, like the puppeteer in a way. Does anybody have a guess of who the mole is other than Shelby? I don't. I actually think it's Shelby and Seth. Me too. And the last thing I want to pose to the group is who are your top two girls and who are your top two boys? And I can start with this. It is unequivocally Fatten and Leah. I do indeed ship them. I think they are going to be shipped. 
And my top two boys are Henry and Kieran, because Kieran has just been on the up and up and up since we all said, nah, Kieran's a douchebag episode one of season two. And Henry's always been my favorite boy. I've put that out there and he has not lost me. I think he is. He is morally true. Honorable mention to Roth at number three. I think I think he's shown some more uh, moral fortitude and just altogether good guyness on the island. I would have to say of the girls, my two favorites are Dot, who has always been a favorite of mine, and Leah. And I love Fatten, like honorable mention to her. Like, I think that she would be absolutely in my top two if it weren't for Dot. But I can't discredit all of the work that Dot did in season one and also just being an incredible human in season two. Um, I have the utmost respect for her. And like every time I see her, I'm just like, Dot, I love you. So I love them both. And I think that Leah ultimately like she's a fucking baddie. Like she kills everything. Like she's amazing and deserves everything in the world. For the boys, I have to say Kieran, obviously, as I've said since episode one, I think that he's a nice guy who is just a popular guy and like happens to be in the the shadow of what people perceive a jock to be, but is actually like a decent person is not a terrible. Okay. Um, Leah and Fatten. I, when she said dot though, it really threw me. I was like, shit dot is my girl. I love her, but uh, I just got to go with the Fatten and Leah and really put my hopes into the universe for them in season three and for a season three. And then um, God, I have a soft spot for Bo. Like, I want to see him come into his own and like overcome all the trauma from his psycho OCD dad. I just think he's like a sweet guy and does have a lot to offer survival skills wise and needs to come into his own. Um, and then Henry, because I just uh, when he was a young boy, yeah. <laughs> that was the best. I love that. Um, never. That is a great line. I thought I was going to say same. Fat and Leah dot close third and then boys. Uh, Kieran and Bo, because Bo Kieran is the most entertaining and and someone you can want to root for and, you know, has potential. Bo is like someone you're like, God, I wish I had that goodness in me. Like he truly is just good to his core. Josh deserved to get a beat down from Scotty and Bo is just like that maybe just non-confrontational, but just that good inside to be like, this is not worth it. Just a total peacemaker, which is rare. So I think those two and the, the mix of those two would be a very interesting human as well. Yeah. But for season three, I'm actually so pumped. And I feel like before I was, I was a little sad. They were still going to be on the Island, but as Brian said earlier, like the interaction between the boys and the girls is going to make it feel fresh. They do have this, building it is different they're not just stranded but i will say my favorite thing of all of it is leah kind of devolving into madness and trying to figure this mystery out for two seasons was so fun to watch and now every single character is going to be doing that because they're all going to be clued in and also not trusting each other and there's just going to be it's basically going to be survivor like a good season of survivor except like legit. So I'm pumped. I think it's going to be excellent. Like the, the, I mean, please pick it up. Amazon, please. I promise I won't shit talk it. 
But yeah, I just think it's going to be like the the writing is going to be really good. And, and there's going to be a lot of opportunity for just like really good dialogue and, and fun storylines now that there's mix. So that's that's my final piece on, on the wilds. I'm still disappointed, <laughs> but I'll watch it. Of course, I'm excited. I, I need my girls. It can't be. It can't end like this. And I need more closure. They need closure. They deserve closure. They deserve- and that's probably why I was disappointed. I was ready for that tee up, you know, but uh, again, maybe it could be a hybrid. Maybe they get there still in the next season. Who's to say? Alex, I completely agree. I was telling Brian earlier, I'm not disappointed with how the season ended, but I already miss them. Like, I already wish that there was more. I just want to know that they're okay. Like, I want to know kind of what happens after the island. I want to know how the boys got freaking rescued. Like, we still don't know that. So I'm really hopeful that Amazon will renew for a third season. They better. Gretchen's going to be evading the law. The boys are going to be with the girls still on the island. I think there is a lot to look forward to in season three and certainly a lot of loose ends. And even within the island, like Shoni is split up last we saw them, like they are no longer together. Like there are some fences that need to be mended. Like what does Tony have to say to Martha? Like, oh my gosh, girl, you went catatonic. Like how are you feeling? And <laughs> also you they, missed. Gave, they gave her no more further medical help because they were like dragging Martha along when they were running through the building. So she's still in bad straits. Like survival on the island is not going to be easy just because they have this building, but like seeing the dynamics of the boys and girls together, seeing Fatten and Leah hopefully become a ship. Like there's a lot to look forward to in season three. If it gets picked up, it has potential to be the best of, of the three. I think season two certainly held up to season one even though probably the girls and their backstories were more compelling and entertaining to watch. I think season two became the perfect mix of give us half the time that we committed season one to fleshing out the girls to the boys. And then we can still focus the girls with the other half of season two. Now season three, we're going to have all these established characters all on the same Island, all with a same goal of taking down Gretchen. I think, it's just going to be a really good season. So Amazon, pick that shit up. Pick that shit up. So one last question for everyone. Um, other than the couples that have already been established, yeah. Slash and Fat and Leah, because we know that we all ship them, all four of us, who would you like to see have some kind of romance going into season three? Go ahead, Bri, because I don't really no, have one. I, I, I did kind of sort of have one, and that's only because I'm trying to validate my own gaydar, and that would be Ivan and Scotty, who I've been pitching all this season. <laughs> um, But I would love to see Dot and Bo. That would be so two, pure. Two sweet, pure humans, yeah. Mm-hmm. I need Marty to find someone and lose her virginity and just feel love for the Marty first time because she wants it. So, yeah, or just, yeah, I was gonna say Marty and Scotty, but if we have Gator going, um, you know, we need <laughs> we didn't get any boys doing any gay shit, so she it's time TikTok. <laughs> to be honest, I could see Marty and Scotty because he's yeah. a little bit like like of the two like best friend pairs, like she's the submissive and he's the dominant. Yeah. I so see I can see them her. really balancing each other out and like really liking each other and fitting, feeling like they fit together. 
Martha deserves love. She deserves to understand what love is like and to feel love. And I feel like she's been mentioning that since literally episode season one, episode one. It's been it's not a new thing. So I feel like if there's anyone that I'm shipping, it's Martha with honestly anyone, anyone that she falls in love with. I'm here for. Yeah. Did everybody answer? I think we all just agree. Yeah. Love that. Okay. All right, guys, that is a wrap on the wild season two. Our finale coverage i genuinely hope it was worth the wait because it was such a long wait for this episode to come out honestly it it gave us a fresh perspective revisiting it a couple months after the fact so i saw some things that i didn't see on the initial recording but you know what hey that's showbiz baby as always, if you like what you heard, give Vinchtown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on VinchtownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, YouTube, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Once again, we are Vinchtown TV. And thanks for listening. Get horny. That is not even wrap. nice to booze. <laughs> Skip the booze. Get horny. Just get horny. <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network.